What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Speakeasy. Hey guys, sorry we've been away for so long. I know that you have not heard our sweet, sweet voices in so long. We hope you're still listening. Um, Things have just gone really crazy, to be honest. Like things have just gotten mad busy. I cannot explain the amount of desire I've had to want to do this and just the lack of time or the lack of like, honestly, like mental capacity to take this on because it is something that we really care about and we always want to put our best foot forward and put the best into it. And we just have not had the ability to do that recently, but we want you guys to know we love you and we're really sorry. Yes, we love you so much. And yes, like Lana said, like work has been crazy for both of us lately. I don't know what is in the water. People are just like, there's so much going on. And we talked about it and we were like, we really need to get back at it. And it's just been super tough. But yes, like Lana said, we love you guys. We have so much fun doing this and we absolutely are going to do our very best to continue to make like consistent episodes. So welcome back. And we're so excited. Yeah, just don't be surprised if you hear a th- few more thinker sinks from us recently. Uh, more recently, I will say another thing that we have come across has been um, some source problems, which I know all of our people in media 100% get. It's just one of those things, one of those barriers uh, to creating content. And with that, let's segue into the questions. Okay, so where did the origin and tradition of the jack-o'-lantern begin? Is it A, Germany, B, Ireland, or C, the Netherlands? I want to say Ireland because it's O-Lantern, <laughs> Jack O-Lantern, but um, I don't know. I'll go with Ireland because I really have no idea. Well, you are correct. It is Ireland. Well, it's actually said that it may be Ireland or Scotland. People aren't 100% sure, but you know, Ireland all the same. (laughs) So um, apparently the legend is that there was a man named Stingy Jack and he had a drink with the devil and somehow tricked the devil basically. Um, And the devil could not send his soul to hell, but God did not want such a conniving person in heaven. And so essentially with like a lighted candle or something of the sort jack was sent on his way to travel as a soul on earth for the rest of his time because neither heaven nor hell wanted him and basically that uh then transferred its way to ireland creating uh jack-o'-lanterns with like beets and turnips and eventually the pumpkin that's actually kind of incredible like i've never known that and that's such an interesting little like folk tale like that's so fun um uh, if you had asked me when I was younger I would have told you Halloween Town is the origin yes yeah, same like the giant jack-o'-lantern in the middle of the town iconic absolutely iconic <laughs> um well mine kind of goes along with that so which ancient group first celebrated Halloween as you know it wasn't under the same name but it was the first and earliest origins of what we now consider Halloween was it the Celts the Druids or the Romans Ooh, I feel like I want to go Celtic just because, I don't know, the Romans don't seem like they would be into that. So I'm definitely going to put them out. But yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Celtic. You are correct. So um, it was the Celts who did start the holiday, which was called Samhain at the time. 
And um, when it first started, it marked the end of a harvest and a, like a pending long winter because the Celts kind of took over the, or the Celts encompassed the land that's now like Ireland, Scotland, and parts of like France, like very Northern France. Um, so a long winter was coming and it was going to be cold. And on October 31st, the Celts believed that the veil between the worlds of the dead and the living thinned. And so they thought that, you know, the dead could come back for that one night and walk amongst the living. And it was like a really, I mean, interesting time. And I put the Druids in there, but the Druids technically weren't the first celebrators, but they also weren't believed to have been able to like convene with the spirits and talk to them uh, when the veil did go down. So it's a pretty interesting, like little time for them. Very medieval, if you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I'm glad to know that our spiritual ancestors were doing the same stupid things we do today. <laughs> They're basically seeing psychics. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> all right. Um, my next question is about a different holiday that is celebrated during the same time. And I'm sure my co-host will actually know the answer to this, but many don't. How many days is Dia de los Muertos? Is it A, one, B, two, or C, three? I think it's two, right? Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. A lot of people get stuck between one and three, actually, because it's called Dia de los Puertos, so everybody thinks it's just one day. And then some people think that it's three because in Mexico, they also do celebrate uh, Halloween many times. So it's a celebration from October 31st to November 2nd, October 31st being Halloween, um, celebrated pretty similarly how we celebrate it, maybe just a lot more communal aspect in Mexico. And then on November 1st is Dia de los Inocentes, which is Dia de los, pretty much Day of the Children. And it's to celebrate the children who have uh, lost their lives or, you know, families gather together and create altars to celebrate the, the young ones that they have lost in their family. And then November 2nd is actually Dia de los Muertos, which is All Souls Day and the celebration um, of everybody in your family who's died, who you want to reconnect with and celebrate their life. And it's actually really interesting because this was the merger of a, um, a conquist. What is the, I want to keep saying conquistador, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, conqueror. It was the merging of the Spanish conquerors and the Aztec religion coming together because Dia de los Muertos, um, which may not be the obviously ori original name for it, was originally celebrated a month long in the Aztec culture. And Spain brought over All Souls Day, which is one day, and kind of merged it into a two-day celebration. <laughs> That's actually so neat. I've always really loved Dia de los Muertos. I've always loved the, like, celebration and the altars. Um, for people who don't know, uh, they set up altars to, like, connect with their loved ones who have passed over. They leave out food. They leave out, you know, make it really beautiful. And I've always loved that aspect of that celebration. I think it's really beautiful and really heartfelt. And... I appreciate it immensely. And I've always loved like the sugar skulls and the artwork associated with it. Like Dia de los Muertos is such a cool holiday and such an interesting one that, you know, it's it's one of those things that I wish we celebrated here, but it's just like that cultural thing. I love it. <laughs> um, speaking of bringing stuff over from Europe, true or false, trick-or-treating comes from a tradition in Europe. I feel like I want to say true just because, I mean, most of our traditions came from Europe. 
yes, you are right. So in the European tradition, um, we the one that we copied, we started dressing up in costumes and going to houses, obviously, and ringing the doorbell for, you know, treats or whatever. But in Europe, when they first started the trick-or-treat, like quote-unquote trick-or-treat tradition, they were going to houses asking for like food or drink. And it was a way to like come, to, come together in a communal sense and have this day, but they would dress up. And like the trick-or-treat thing is like at the time, women especially would like do tricks. <laughs> that sounds like prostitution, but they would like do tricks to kind of woo men into falling in love with them. So it's a really interesting little like tidbit of what that is and like where that comes from. Cause nowadays it's only children, but back then it was everybody. Yeah, it's like, I would love to go over to people's houses when they give me like wine and food. That sounds awesome. Fuck the kids. I think that sounds great. I would love that holiday, like that tradition to come back. <laughs> I would for sure do it. Let's bring back the OG, everybody. Heard it <laughs> first. Love it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, this is going to be a pretty niche question, but about a series that I think is obviously iconic. Um, especially during this time, it is, you know, I mean, the, na- the name of the movie is Halloween. So how could it not be? Um, but what famous show was the Michael Myers mask originally from? A, Star Trek, B, The Brady Bunch, or C, Twilight Zone? It was Star Trek. It, it was-, was Star Trek. <laughs> yes. So essentially the first Halloween movie, which like, I mean, probably is very noticeable, had extremely low budget. It was not supposed to take off the way it did, and we weren't supposed to love it the way we did, but we did, and it's now become this iconic series. But the original uh, film actually had a super low budget to the point where they bought a $2 Star Trek mask of um, the Captain James Kirk mask and basically just cut out the eye slots, put in something else, and then turned it white. And so essentially everybody, we are scared of Star Trek. (laughs) Yep. I think that's such a funny thing. And actually my next question is also about slasher movies, like what we love and I I fucking love slasher movies. Like, I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. I love how cheesy, I love how like random they can be at times. So which was the first slasher movie to really kind of make the genre mainstream? Was it Halloween, like you just said? Was it Friday the 13th or was it Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh man, that's a good question. Cause like, I want to say Halloween, but like, I don't think it was that. Um, I'm going to go Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know. I just feel very, that one has always spooked me to my core. I love, I agree. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. And it always made me very nervous as a kid that if I fell asleep, Freddy Krueger was going to come and get me. Um, But actually it was Halloween. Uh, But very narrowly, actually. It was very narrowly Halloween first, then Friday the 13th, then Nightmare on Elm Street. And funnily enough, um, the guys from Friday Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, the directors of those two movies, went to college together. They were very good friends, and they became some of the most influential slasher movie makers ever. Um, But yes, Halloween did come first very narrowly in the 70s. And it only had, like you said, a budget of $300,000. That's it. That's all the budget that they had. And if you look closely, one of the things that did have to get skipped from the movie because of the low budget was blood. 
So in the first Halloween movie, there is not a single drop of blood that you will see at any point. I mean, I could imagine fake blood would get expensive with all of the killing scenes. I actually was watching this like docu, I don't know if you've heard of it, um, Movies That Made Us. It's on Netflix, it's really cool. And they were talking, they put out a bunch of them about like um, Halloween movies right now. And they were saying for Friday the 13th, they mixed um, like photo developer with food coloring and that's what they were using as blood and they were like a it was really expensive b it's not good for your skin or like to have it in your mouth or anything so we had to be really careful (laughs) yeah like why would that be their solution it was thick enough to look like real blood a lot of other things weren't thick enough to kind of give that real illusion so like they when they would do these stunts the you can like see it in friday the 13th if you watch it now like in the first killing, he slashes the girl's throat. Somebody slashes the girl's throat. And as we know, like it's supposed to be Jason's mom, but it's a man's hand. Cause the guy who was like the special effects artist was like, we had one shot of making this work. So I just did it. And I, they didn't show my face. It's hilarious. Nice, like it. Yes. All right, well, going into scary tales. Um, I know for sure this one, spooked me to my core also probably just as much if not more than nightmare on elm street um and i know my co-host also will probably know the answer to this but where did the tale of la llorona originate was it a mexico b nicaragua or c chile nicaragua wasn't it am i right no Dang it. actually it was mexico but, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of versions throughout Mexico and South America, so no one can be 100% sure. But the earliest tell of La Llorona is actually much different than I've ever heard in my life. Growing up, I was always told that it was, if I was a bad kid, like La Llorona was going to come for me because she did goes for bad kids. Um, actually, the earliest origin of the story is that there was an actess, Aztec goddess, Katakuli, sorry if I butcher that, who, according to legend, drowned her children as a way to escape the Spanish uh, conquerors as they came. And so that was like her way of saving her children, not punishing them, but her cries could be heard all through the valley because she missed her children so. And that is the tale, the the original story of La Llorona, which was not That is so much more like sad than it is scary. When I was little, I agree with you. My grandma used to tell me that if I was bad, I would hear La Llorona scream and then look in the in the window and see her there to come and get me. And it, honest to God, made me feel so deeply afraid <laughs> of being bad. So like, I definitely heard the same version that you heard growing up. And it's actually so sad that it got warped because the true story is actually kind of beautiful and yeah. sad and like, heartbreaking. Literally, I'm like, dang, all she was trying to do was save her children and all you Mexican moms changed it to scare us. (laughs) Of course, Mexican moms are like, you know what? How can we make this a lesson on not being a bad (laughs) kid? We'll drown you. That's what will happen. That's so scary. I mean, that's so sad. Like I was so terrified of La Llorona as a kid. My grandma always told me that she had like a horse face, like a face, like a horse and like that she was really scary and like her like cries were like shrieks. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't come for me, La Llorona. 
Yeah, no, I definitely told that like her weeps would be like very small at first and then slowly get closer. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, all the time, whenever I would hear just like the smallest sound, I'd be like, oh my God, she's coming. <laughs> Same. And I knew when I was bad too. So I was always like, ah, oh, shit. I have about a 50 50 shot of it happening today. <laughs> like, that's hilarious though. I actually, so my next question is also about ghostly stuff. Um, so, True or false, early, early beliefs of spirits crossing over into like the human realm was a scary thing for the Celts. True or false? Oh man, I feel like it was probably false considering they had like a whole, you know, holiday like based upon it. They must like, maybe it was practiced very similarly to like Dia de los Muertos where people were like, oh my God, like I want to see the soul of my loved ones or like saw it in that way rather than like how we see it today. You're absolutely right, actually. So um, back in the day, the ghosts were welcomed back to their family homes and very often like in Dia de los Muertos, but different because it wasn't an altar, they would set up place at the table for dinner for the loved one's departed soul so that they could come back and spend it with their families. And it was like a very like welcoming day. And obviously like they did believe that there were some spirits that came back who weren't good spirits and they would like take practices to kind of push those spirits away by like putting like pig's blood on their doors or stuff like that to like shoo away the bad ones and welcome in their loved ones so it was very different from how we see ghosts today because like i know for me i'm not welcoming any ghosts into my home because that is scary and i don't trust it because i've seen too many scary movies and i don't like that but um, I think it's so interesting, like how that's been warped over time. It's like everybody's so afraid of ghosts and like the departed souls of people. Whereas like in ancient times and even still today, like we talked about in Dia de los Muertos, people are welcoming those spirits back because they believe, and I believe this too, I don't know why I'm so scared of ghosts, but like, I think that, you know, our family goes somewhere and then they look down upon us. So I wouldn't like, I don't know why it's so weird to me to be like, I don't want ghosts in my house. <laughs> like I mean I'm a hundred percent there with you like I three thousand percent believe that the traditions are beautiful and I almost wish we still practice them but like a hundred percent same even just like the fact that we're having this conversation tonight I'm gonna like sage my fucking house so that nothing even thinks that there was an intent or a little bit of a welcoming in because no absolutely the fuck not no same honestly so one time when I went to New Orleans actually I, I people know like New Orleans is a very like haunted city, a very like superstitious city. Um, there's this restaurant there and apparently the guy who owned the restaurant was killed in the upstairs area, but he always had the same table in the restaurant and people would sit there for a long time, but then they would like get scared or get like shooed away and things would fall and like very scary stuff. So they figured out to appease the spirit of the departed owner, they would set a table placement for him at that table every night. They would have a bottle of wine opened for him and a cigar on the table. And people can eat with him, but they can, they have to eat with him. Like they can't just say, no, we want this table alone because <laughs> it makes him mad. And I'm like, that's terrifying. That's not fun at all. I'd love to go have a meal with a ghost, I guess, you know, in the company of a bunch of others so that- <laughs> really go down like I just don't have to be the slowest in the building yeah you just have to be faster than one other person yeah so I'm out <laughs> all right do you have one more I do I have my last question of the night for you 
So taking it back to just, you know, pure Halloween as we know it and love it commercially today. What is the most popular candy purchased around Halloween in the U.S.? Is it A, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, B, Snickers, or C, Skittles? Interesting. Small side note, I love candy corn and anybody who doesn't like candy corn is false, but I'm going to go with Skittles. I would go for one of the other two because they are better. Both Snickers and Reese's peanut butter cups are better, but so many people have like peanut allergies. So I'll go, I'll go Skittles just cause like more people can probably have them. That is actually a really good, you know, kind of way to sort that out. And I do say like, I feel like I played a little bit of a trick on you because <laughs> it is actually Reese's peanut butter cups. They are the highest seller in October, according to data from a 2018. So that might be a little bit outdated by now, um, but sales are around 509 million in the month of October oh for Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. But I feel like I did trick you a little bit because Skittles are the most purchased candy year round like that they are grow they really yes they are the most purchased candy in the u.s <laughs> just year that round is wild to me yeah. i'm not a fan i'm of very candy. happy because i love me some Reese's peanut butter cups so i'm like fuck fuck yeah i'm with it i'm all hey, with it i love anything chocolate has always been my thing i've never been like a fruit candy kid like if like I got jelly beans or something. I was always like, Ugh, someone else can have those. Like, I don't want them. Um, okay. I am also bringing it back to a modern tradition for my um, last question. Which model turned TV host is known for over the top, incredible Halloween costumes? Is it Tyra Banks or Heidi Klum? Heidi Klum. I mean, come on. The woman dominates Halloween each year. It's impossible not to see her and to see. I mean, every year I am absolutely a lover of Halloween. And every year, like I start like getting on her Instagram about this time and start like looking for the clues. Like, what are we being this year, bitch? What's happening? Like, She's so good at it. Like this woman spares no expense or time. Making I mean, I love it because like I a hundred percent, like if I had that kind of money, that's the type of shit I would do also. Like I would not be just throwing like a little, you know, like today I'm, you know, throwing on some like little things I find from this stores, Amazon maybe. But when I have that type of money, it's like, oh no, baby, you are going to, I'm going to look exactly like the character straight out of a fucking movie. Like no question. When she just says Jessica Rabbit, I was shocked. Like she didn't even look like her. Like she completely looked like a different, I mean, she looked like the cartoon, which was so wild. And like, I cannot imagine how much time she sat to get prosthetics put on for that one night of a costume. But I'm like, I love the drive. If I had that kind of money, I would do that as well. Yeah, no, the Jessica Rabbit has always been somebody that I've wanted to do and like seeing how well it can be done. It's like, oh. Yes. Also, I am a huge fan that she's not always like aimed at like sexy costumes. Like she very much plays around with like how to dress and like what really cool costumes could come to be. Because I know like there's a lot of celebrities and a lot of people in general, like women who are like, I want to dress sexy for Halloween. But I am the biggest fan of like a really well executed, like funny costume or like a really well executed, like amazing costume, just because I think it's so much more fun and like in the spirit. 
personally. Yeah, guys, don't just dress sexy on Halloween. Dress sexy every day. Yeah. I mean, but also if you want to live your best life, I'm not telling you no. I'm just saying what I like. (laughs) Jesus Christ, my instant pot scared the shit out of me. See, this is why we can't have these conversations when I'm home alone. I nearly crapped myself because the (laughs) pot was going off. Oh my God. Dude, I'm about to be scared when I get off this call. (laughs) I am such a chicken of everything. Like I am so scared of Halloween, like ghosts and all that stuff. So I'm excited for this. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, that was a super fun episode. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things that I never knew. So I am so happy that we did this. I'm honestly just proud that for once we didn't have one of the same questions. We did really good. I'm very, we have to just give ourselves really broad topics because there's so much to pull from. I also loved one of the things that it was super fun is that I feel like our questions went in the same like general order, like throwing it way back to like the invention of stuff to like modern day and like all of this stuff. And I think it was really, really fun. So I love Halloween. I love this episode. It was a blast. And with that, we hope you stay informed. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>